how to make sure God hears your prayers, enter God's holy presence, and receive His promised blessings through the fear of the Lord. A lot to unpack in that title and subtitle. I'm so glad Ray Comfort, who is the author of it, is joining us today on 89.3. Of course, you know Ray through not only his books, but also as the founder and CEO of Living Waters. And he joins us again on 89.3. Ray, thank you so much for your time. It's a joy to be with you, Bridget. Thank you. All right. Well, let's just start a little bit. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. You talk about the fear of the Lord. That's often um, something that we don't quite understand, maybe even as believers, because when we hear the word fear, we think of someone we're afraid of, we kind of run away from. Um, Our Heavenly Father is loving. He calls us to Him. So what does the fear of the Lord actually mean? Well, the Bible says of Jesus, he was heard and that he feared. Scripture says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Jesus spoke of the fear of the Lord much. He said, fear not him who has power to kill your body and afterwards do no more, but fear him who has power to kill your body and cast your soul into hell. Fear him. Now think of his words. He's saying if someone's coming at you with a knife, they're going to plunge it into your chest. Don't fear him compared to your fear of God. So I think The fear of the Lord is more than a reverential awe. And let me qualify that by sharing the fact that I lived in New Zealand for many years in my youth. And before I came to the U.S., New Zealand had police officers that would hit people with sticks rather than shoot them with guns, like the British. So it was called a baton. And so when I came to the U.S. in 1989 and began opening a preaching and was approached by police officers, and it's happened over a dozen times, I said to myself, He's got a gun. He can kill me because I wasn't used to seeing guns on the side of police officers. And so uh, I had this healthy fear of the police, knowing they could kill me. And I immediately did anything they said, never had any problems with the police, never went on about my First Amendment rights, never said, you're the servant of the people, do what I say. I just said, he's got a gun and I'm going to do what he says because he can kill me. That's more than a reverence for the police. That's a fear of what they can do. And that's what Jesus was saying. Don't fear him who has power to kill your body and afterwards do no more, but fear him who has power to kill your body and cast your soul into hell. Fear him. One more anecdote on the same subject. It's very personal, but it's worth sharing. When I was 16 years old, six years before I became a Christian, I found myself in long grass at night at the back of a dance hall with a 16-year-old gorgeous young lady. And my intentions weren't honorable. But she said something as we lay there in the dark in that long grass. She said, you know what? God's watching us. And it was like a bucket of ice was poured from the heavens. I stood up and said, let's go back into the dance hall. The fear of God kept me from making a terrible mistake, perhaps getting a young lady pregnant, shaming a family, shaming my family, perhaps even instigating an abortion. So the fear of God is very healthy. It's our friend. It's not our enemy. There's a fear that has torment. We can resist that. But there's a fear that's healthy. And I thank God for the fear of the Lord because that extra uh, terror is the terror that motivates us to obey him. Paul said, wherefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So I thank God for the fear of the Lord because I know my wicked heart. It keeps me from evil, as the Bible says. You talk about four promises that come with fearing God, maybe one or two of those. Yeah, the Bible says uh, in Psalm 128, it's got four promises for the fear about the fear of the Lord. And then there's uh, Proverbs 19:23, the fear of the Lord tends to life. 
Uh, he, that find, he that has it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. And so the, the promises of God are so abundantly clear. If you fear him, it shows that you love him, and that will keep your heart free of sin. And that is such a benefit for any Christian, and especially with a prayer life, because most people think God hears our prayers just to click your fingers. He comes running like a divine butler. Well, the Bible says differently. If I've got sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear. We know God is omniscient. He hears and sees all things. But he will regard your prayer if you walk in the fear of the Lord. And that doesn't really matter until you're hanging by your teeth over a thousand-foot cliff or you're in severe turbulence upside down in a plane. That's when you need to know that God hears your prayers. That's right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the connection between fearing the Lord, uh, as you've described it here, and knowing that he hears us. You know, the world tends to treat uh, God like a sound man in a church. Um, we don't even notice him. The sound's perfect for a year. Every service goes great. All the music's fine. There's no problems with the microphones. The second that microphone screeches, everybody in the church looks around and glares at the sound man. What are you doing? And that's exactly how we treat God. When everything's going well, we don't think of God. We just say, God, do this for me, do that for me. But when something goes wrong, we shake our fists at God. And that shows we lack a fear of God. Most people's image of God is erroneous. We see him as that old man in the sky with his beard and flowing hair, wearing a pink nightie, touching fingers with Adam. That is not the image of God we want. The way to get the fear of God is to move to Texas for a day and experience a thunder and lightning storm. That'll put the fear of God in you. <laughs> or read scripture with an open heart. Read how Ananias and Sapphira were killed by God because they told one lie or how God killed a man in Genesis 38 because he didn't like what he did sexually. Or read the book of Revelation or make your hair stand on end. Or how Moses asked to see God's glory. He says, let me see your glory. God says, you can't see me and live because I'd kill you. And then he let his goodness pass him by. It's God's goodness that would kill us like a judge looks at a murdering rapist and he should be angry because of his goodness. If it's a good judge, he'll be furious and bring down that gavel in wrath. <clears throat> the Bible says God is so good, if we stood in his holy presence, he would kill us. His justice would spill over upon us. And that's why we need the rock of ages, which is clear for us, that we can hide ourselves in on the day of judgment from God's justice. And that's what we need to have our prayers heard, that healthy fear of God that keeps us trusting in Jesus, that cleft. Mm -hmm. You say there's also a blessing, really, of prayer, that God promises that in our obedience to Him, our prayers will be heard and answered. But what if someone's listening today and they say, I don't think God is hearing my prayers and I fear Him, I obey Him as best I can, obviously not perfectly, but I still don't seem to get the answer that I'm searching for in prayer. How would you encourage that saint today? Well, God doesn't always do what we tell him to do. Scriptures say our ways are not God's ways, and his ways aren't our ways. And so when we pray for something, God always hears. If we pray in faith and no doubting, trusting in his integrity, but he may not answer the way that we think. I mean, think of Lazarus in John chapter 11. They said, Mary and Martha said, your friend Lazarus is sick. In other words, you're obviously going to come like grease lightning. Jesus waited where he was for two days until Lazarus had died. Why? Because his answer to prayer was not what they wanted. They didn't want, he didn't want them healed. He wanted them raised from the dead that God might be glorified. So 
so often we think, God, you should do what I tell you to do. And when he doesn't do what we say, it's not an answered prayer. It is an answered prayer. God's just said no, or he's just said, hang on a minute. And that's where faith comes in. Charles Spurgeon said, faith may swim where reason may only paddle. And so if you're trying to reason things out, you lean to your own ways, uh, you're going to get confused and say, God didn't answer my prayers. But if you trust him, you trust his integrity, you know God always hears and works things out for your good, according to Romans 8, 28. Mm-hmm. Well, I know your heart, because of Living Water Ministries, really is for the unsaved and the saved. And you've got an incredible endeavor, really, that's happening around uh, a major event happening in England in just a few short months. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I might delight to, because I'm so excited about it. About six months ago, I began thinking about how when King Charles is coronated, he's going to lay his hand on a Bible and swear to uphold the biblical truth of salvation by grace through faith. He's going to be given a number of swords. One is a sharp sword, the sword of justice. Another sword, a blunt sword, the sword of mercy. He's going to be anointed with oil. He's going to be prayed for. People are going to say, God save the king, as they did with Solomon. He's going to hold a scepter, uh, as Solomon and David held. He's going to hold an orb, which is a, a globe with a cross on the top, speaking of the dominion of Jesus Christ over the whole world. And so I thought, what a wonderful opportunity for the gospel. I'd like to get gospel tracts printed, looking like a 50-pound note with King Charles on the front and the gospel on the back. And as I was thinking this, I thought, I'll make a short video and send it to my team and see what they think. So I did. Just after I sent the video explaining the vision, I received an email from a gentleman. that says, what are you working on? So I sent him the video, and he sent me $200,000. Showed someone else the video, they sent $100,000. Someone else... They sent $50,000, so we're able to make these tracks available free of charge. Um, totally, and we'll pay the, the shipping, complete shipping, and lots of a 1,000, and I think already 3 million have sold in England, and uh, 2 million, almost 2 million in the U.S. When I say sold, uh, have been taken by people who realize this is a wonderful opportunity. The world is going to church. The media realize the world's insatiable appetite for anything royal. So when May the 6th comes up, we need to be ready because there's never been an opportunity like this where literally hundreds of millions of people around the world are going to go to church and see these symbolisms that uh, glorify God and the gospel and the Bible. And we're doing what Paul did in uh, Acts 17 when he stood up and preached to the Athenians. He quoted Greek poets and said, what did you do that for, Paul? Well, he's using Greek poets as a bridge to reach his hearers, and that's all we're doing. We're using this coronation uh, of a gold coach and millions lying in the streets uh, being broadcast on the Internet and on secular television as an opportunity, a bridge to reach the lost. So people can find out more at livingwaters.com forward slash London for free gospel tracts, and we pay the shipping anywhere in the U.S., anywhere in Europe, anywhere in England, anywhere in Australia or New Zealand. This is exciting. So our friends can head to that website. They can order these tracks. And this is probably an obvious question, but what do you propose then we do with them? We give them out because people are going to uh, witness this on television. And it's going to be a delightful experience. Um, If you just take the time to watch uh, Queen Elizabeth's coronation, 1953, and see millions lining the streets uh, where you see parades and celebrities and prime ministers uh, and a gold coach, things that you don't just see. And in a world of bad news, this is going to be wonderful good news. It's going to be a, 
a joyous experience. So when they see this gospel track, they're going to see it as memorabilia, something they can hold on to. And, that, and already uh, uh, 1,800 people in the United Kingdom are going to go to London and give out these tracks. 500 people from the U.S. have already committed to go to London to give out the tracks. And so we're super excited. There's never been an opportunity like this where literally hundreds of millions are going to go to church. Wow. So you have an opportunity to be a part of the coronation of sorts, really by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through these gospel tracks. We've got a link to this important endeavor and opportunity at our webpage, ericandbridget.org. Right. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's been a joy. Thank you.